Welcome to the Stonelaw Church Podcast. I'm Neil Watson. And whether you are a regular worshipper with us, or whether you just listen to this podcast, I pray that the, the words of the message would be a real blessing to you, and that it would bring you closer to God as you experience more of the love of Jesus in your life. So, uh, last week, we were looking at how Jonah very intentionally decides to run away from God after he's being tasked with something really, really special to do. He decides that he's going to do the exact opposite and try and run away from God. He's been told to go to the city of Nineveh and pray against it because it has moved so far away from what God's intended plan was for his creation. And we also read that they're earmarked for destruction, which Jonah decides he doesn't really fancy going to the heart of the Assyrian Empire and telling them that they're bad and that destruction is coming their way. So he decides to intentionally run from God. We were also seeing last week that we too can make decisions where we where we run from God's call on our life, that each and every one of us has a call on our life, and that we have a tendency to run away from it if it might make us uncomfortable. We might ignore it. Sometimes it might be that we don't fully understand what it is that we're being called to. And, and I extended a, a hand out to you to say, look, I want to uh, sit down with you, and let's have a conversation about it because it's amazing when people step into their call. But sometimes we struggle. We don't know what it, what it is exactly that God is calling us to. But sometimes we do, and sometimes it might make us feel uncomfortable. So we decide to ignore it, or as Jonah does, run in the exact opposite direction of where we're being called. This week, we're going to be looking at running from something else. I've titled this week, Running from Grace. So last week, we were running from God, and this week, we are looking at running from grace. And again, I want you to remember as we go through this sermon series that at no point, at no point can you outrun God. At no point can you outrun God. No matter how hard we try, no matter if we even try to outdo Jonah, will we ever be able to outrun God? God pursues us all the way from now until forever. So this week we come to chapter 2 and we find Jonah inside the, the belly of, of this big fish where he prays this amazing prayer. And we're told that it takes him three days and three nights to get to the point of being able to be delivered from this big fish. I love how the New Revised Standard Version says that he was spewed onto the, the dry land. Depending on which translation you have, it's got vomited onto, it's, it's gross. But the NRSV have decided to make it nice and say he was spewed out onto the land. But there's a lot going on in this prayer, and, and it's why I chose to to study it. Um, when I was at New College in Edinburgh, I found it fascinating. There's a lot of really good stuff 
going in. But I want us to focus on verse 8, where Jonah says, those who worship vain idols forsake their true loyalty. And when I was reading this passage in the New International Version, because I'm like that and I read all the different versions <laughs> throughout the week, what it actually says there is it says, those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. You know, true loyalty comes from God and it's shown to us in the form of His grace. And I want us to focus on God's grace this morning. The thing is, we've probably all sung the, the hymn Amazing Grace numerous times. I'm not going to say hundreds because that makes us sound older than we probably are, but probably not far off. But J.I. Packer says that we, we very rarely tend to spend much time dwelling on the words that are contained in that hymn, or indeed the, the concept of God's grace. We may have sung the hymn numerous times, but how often do we actually stop and dwell on the concept of God's grace? This free gift of forgiveness, salvation that God offers to us. You can almost imagine Jonah inside the belly of, of this whale or big fish. It's taken him three days before he finally has this light bulb moment. Where it's like, oh, he realizes that he has a good God, a God that he can't outrun, a God who is with him, and a God who extends his grace to everyone, even, just maybe, the Assyrians too. This story of Jonah, and especially his time in the, in the big fish, is a great example of illustrating God's mercy to us. That when we find ourselves in times of trouble or when life is like really choppy waters, Jonah very much found himself in literally choppy waters, God is able to swoop in and to provide us with a protection around us and eventually to deliver us. We provided this place of, of sanctuary when we need it. Verses 5 and 6, Jonah says, The waters closed in over me. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped around my head at the roots of the mountains. I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. Jonah knows that he was destined for a, a watery grave. Yet... He was rescued by God's mercy. And it's at that point that he would have time to reflect on things, to, to, to take a look around and see that he's stuck in the dark. And it's probably quite smelly too. But he's had a chance to reflect on where he is and what is, what is going on. And he reflects and he finds out that he has flaws. That he has flaws. And that it was a pretty poor decision to try and outrun God. And the thing is, this is where it's, it shows how ironic 
things can be. Because it tends to be when we're in our darkest hour, when we find ourselves just as Jonah did, that we turn to prayer. That when we find ourselves in that darkest hour, and it's not that it's not okay to, to do this. Of course it is. But it tends to be when we're in that dark place, when we're broken and we're on our knees, that we stop and we reflect just as Jonah did and understand that God is a good God. God becomes the focus of our attention when we find ourselves in that dark place. But when life is going fine and we don't have any worries or, or problems, we very rarely think about it at all. We start to do things in our, our own stead. You know, we think we can manage life. Everything's going okay. We don't need to reflect too much on God's grace or, or sometimes even God at all. We just get on with it. We all do it at times. It's a daily battle. It's a daily battle to carve out time to give thanks to God each and every day. In chapter 3 of Paul's letter to the Romans, we're reminded that transformation happens with the renewing of our mind, that we don't allow, we don't allow the, the worldly stuff to cloud our mind, that we wouldn't fall into the patterns of the world, but that we would be transformed, that we would understand our reliance on God, that we wouldn't wait until we're in those dark moments. I would like us to do that this morning. I would urge everyone to pray for the Spirit to transform our minds, that we would be renewed. Let's not wait until we're broken and on our knees to spend time reflecting on God and speaking to Him. And maybe it was because I spent all day yesterday with a bunch of ministers and elders uh, in a, a full day's presbytery meeting, but in true Church of Scotland minister fashion, I have three points this week. I want us to grasp what God's grace is and maybe we wouldn't look to try and run away from it uh, as much. So the first, so the thing is, we know that Jonah has been intentionally trying to run away from God, and we can in, unintentionally run away from, from God's grace and what God has planned for us too. It's not that we, we, we intentionally do it. Sometimes we do, but more often than not, it's not intended. It's just we've fallen into patterns where we've pushed God out. So the first thing is we need to understand that it's a battle that we're in. It's a battle each and every day, every single day of our lives, because we find ourselves making decisions every day of our lives. As soon as you open your eyes, you make a decision. I'm sure a number of you made a decision this morning. As soon as you opened your eyes, am I getting out of bed? I did. Do I go to church? Do I stay at home and watch it on Zoom? Do I wait later? Maybe watch it on YouTube? What am I having for breakfast? What am I going to wear? Of course, there are 
other decisions that are far more difficult than that. It can be a real struggle each and every day. As soon as you open your eyes, tough decisions to be made. And the thing is, the decisions that we make, some are, some are, in, some are good, some are in tune with what God has planned for us, and there are others that, that aren't, where we miss the mark. And that's what sin is. Sin is, it isn't the thing you do, that's a product of it. Sin is about missing the mark. That God had intended his creation to be perfect. And it was. And we had a perfect union with our Father in heaven until it fell with Adam and Eve. And it all got messed up. We need to realize that and recognize that the decisions that we make have consequences. You know, as followers of Jesus, we have a, a wonderful role model to look at in terms of how to make good and godly decisions. We need to be looking to Him to, to try and be more like Him each and every day. You know, I've said it lots of times that our aim should be to be fully devoted followers of our Lord Jesus when we are so close to Him that we look to try and be more like Him each and every day. I don't know about you, but I don't want to look at a scoreboard of my life with good decisions and bad decisions. Maybe you're confident. Maybe, you, maybe you'd be quite happy to look at a scoreboard with good decisions and bad decisions. Would you? I'm glad it's not me. I certainly don't want to look at the scoreboard, and I'm glad that through Jesus, no scoreboard actually exists. Hallelujah. <laughs> Although it's a hard thing for us to admit, though, that we don't always get it right, that we make decisions that, that hurt ourselves and that hurt other people. And the reason that it's difficult for us to accept is that one of the things that I've noticed, certainly over the last few years, is the way that, that our culture has created this almost you-do-you attitude. You know, as long as you do, you, you, you be yourself to hang with everybody else. As long as you are living your truth, your best life. Nothing wrong with living a good life. All that can only come through our Lord Jesus. Spoiler. But this is prevailing through our culture. That we, stop, we don't stop to think about how our actions affect other people. You know, you do you. It's essentially saying it's okay to do whatever you like as long as you're not hurting someone else. Now, we all fall into patterns of destructive behavior, usually around our teenage years. Um, and as I look out into the congregation this morning, and I see that my mom and dad are here with us this morning. And this idea of 
you doing whatever you like, as long as you're not hurting anyone else. I fully bought into that when I was a teenager, when I was pursuing my music career in my late teens and in my early 20s. And I made some pretty poor decisions. I'll maybe tell you about them sometime. Not today. It's going on the internet. But I made some poor decisions. But I always, when I look back on it, it was destructive behavior. But when I look back on it, and at the time, you know, I was buying into that lie that as long as I wasn't hurting anybody else, it was okay. As long as I was only destroying myself, then it's okay. But I know that it wasn't true at all. It wasn't true at all. Because I know now that I very much was hurting my, my family through my, my actions. As they looked upon someone that they loved. And it was probably quite difficult to love at times. Someone that they loved missing the mark. Not stepping into who God had intended him to be. I know that it's not true that your actions, as long as they're no hurting anybody else, they do hurt people, whether you intend it or not. Every decision we make has the potential to build up or bring down. And the thing is, it's not always super destructive behaviors that we, we might go through when we're younger. It can be run-of-the-mill things. You remember what I was saying the other week about where we, where we start to allow frustrations and anger to boil up and we lash out at the wrong people where we might start to get sarcastic with them and not in a funny way. We look to try and put them down or various other things. There was decisions to be made there. Let go of the, the frustration and anger but you've allowed it to, to come out and lash out at the wrong person. And all of these things display our lack of understanding the grace that God has extended to us. So that's the first thing we need to understand is that we have a, there's something broken in our relationship with God and it needs fixed. And that leads us to the second thing, which we find in verse 6. For Jonah says, I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. You brought up my life from the pit. O oh Lord my God, we cannot repair or fix it ourselves. Jonah clearly understands that, that we cannot fix that brokenness by ourselves. There's something broken in the relationship and we cannot fix it. Doesn't matter how often we come to church, doesn't matter how often we read the Bible, doesn't matter how many good works we do, it doesn't matter on any form of magic words that, that we might say. We cannot fix it ourselves. We need a savior who, as Jonah writes, will bring us up from the pit. And that's the third thing that I want us to understand is the sheer cost of our salvation. Throughout his prayer, Jonah is looking at the holy temple he realizes that there needs to be some kind of sacrifice that needs to be made. Some atonement 
for this brokenness, for his sin and the sins of his people. There needs to be something. A price needs to be paid. And the thing is, we know what that was. Jonah could only maybe really see a glimpse of it. We know that it's our Lord Jesus. But at the time, he looks to the Holy of Holies, the Holy Temple. He recognizes that it's only God who can fix this. Here in verse 7, and my life was ebbing away. I remembered the Lord. And my prayer came to you into your holy temple. Verse 9, but I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. That I have vowed I will pay. Deliverance belongs to the Lord. The holy temple with the, the mercy seat would have had the, the blood of bulls and, and goats upon it as they were sacrificed. That's where Jonah saw salvation coming from. Repentance of sins, the atonement for their sin found in that sacrifice. And Jonah says he will sacrifice to God. Now the thing is, we as Christians, we have those wonderful words in John chapter 3. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. Unlike Jonah and his willingness to sacrifice at the temple, we cannot fix what is broken. Only God can, and he did once and for all. Not in a, a cycle of atonement at the mercy seat in the Holy of Holies. Once and for all. Jesus' blood was shed for us. You know, we shared in communion last week. And in fact, I've had the opportunity to share in communion quite a bit this week at various things. It's been wonderful. As we remember that Jesus' body and blood once and for all brought us back into that right relationship with our Father in heaven. And we need to make sure that we are in a pattern of giving thanks to God each and every day for that. Allowing, as Paul says in, in Romans 3, that renewing of our mind, that transformation would happen. Because as we move forward with Jonah's story, we'll see that while Jonah has got it here, he gets it. He understands. He understands that something's wrong, that it's broken and it needs fixed. And it's only God who can fix it. He understands this. But as we read forward, he doesn't get it for very long. He turns back to his old ways of thinking. And that's why it's important that we are reminding ourselves daily of God's amazing love and mercy so that we don't forget it. We might well remember it later on this afternoon as you're having your lunch and reflecting on this morning. Might even remember it tomorrow when you wake up and think back to what was Neil banging on about this week? 
But I can guarantee you, in a couple of days' time, we'll have forgotten it. Which is why we need to continually remind ourselves of God's love, mercy, and grace each and every day. You see, the thing is, Jonah forgets and he grasps at other people's bad decisions. He looks to refer to them, those who are clinging to, to, to idols, who are forfeiting their grace. These are the things that he holds on to. He doesn't let them go. Despite what he's been through, how easy it is for us to fall back into those patterns of trying to do things in our own strength. But the thing is, it continues to create this bitter and judgmental attitude in Jonah. And we'll see that as we go forward. We realize that he's failed to grasp fully. Or indeed, it may well be that he just chooses to not grasp fully God's love and mercy for everyone and that God's grace is extended to everyone. God wants everyone to get to that conclusion. Everyone. That's why we're tasked to share the good news of Jesus with everyone that we have an opportunity to, that they might have this offer of grace extended to them. You know, Jonah got that for a very brief period. But when he's vomited up onto the shore and back into life, when things start to go back to normal, he falls back into his patterns and he's not as fully reliant on God. And that's how you run away from God's grace. Not always by failing majestically, but by allowing yourselves to fall into the patterns of the world where we think we can do everything in our own strength and we fail to rely on God and we need to continually day by day give thanks to God so that we never forget His true nature, power and love. That we never forget to carve out time to spend time in conversation with Him. Prayer is powerful. That's why it's important that we stay connected with our God. That we might give thanks that through that once and for all sacrifice, we're back in relationship with our Father in heaven. You see, next week when Jonah is released from the fish, we'll see that his repentance is short-lived. However, the merciful and patient God continues to pursue him, doesn't give up on him, keeps pushing, wants to work through Jonah. And you can never outrun God or his grace. Hallelujah. Shall we pray? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your amazing grace. And we thank you for the, the sacrifice made by Jesus which restored that broken relationship that existed between us. We're sorry for the times where we 
unintentionally run away from your grace. For we have a tendency to forget who we try to do things in our own strength. For we think we can fix stuff all by ourselves. Father, would you forgive us? Would you give us the strength and courage to move forward with you? That you might be at the heart of everything that we do and everything that we are. And would you help us by your Spirit to carve out time to thank you on a daily basis? Would your Spirit remind us of your saving grace? That it would be transformational in our lives. And we ask all of this in our amazing Savior's name, Jesus. Amen.